Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Cobra Yogi Podcast. Today, we're going to use this episode to talk about something really annoying. Something that I hear people complain about all the time about their leaders. Now, to be fair, I think this is something that is a blind spot for most leaders. I don't think they do it on purpose. I think it's just a byproduct of who they are and what their mindset is. You know what it is, this annoying habit? It is being indecisive, also known as being a fence-sitter or not having an opinion on a matter. And this is perhaps one of the worst leadership traits you can have. It has all kinds of impacts that you might not have even thought of. But the biggest one is that people start to lose confidence in you. They start to question your competence. And once you lose credibility as a leader, you have lost respect and likely trust, if there ever was any to start out with. We don't always realize that this is a big deal. We're just over here trying to do a good job, right? Making sure that we're making the right decision. But I'm here to tell you that there is a cost, a big cost to being indecisive. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to explain why it's so annoying when a leader is indecisive. Second, I'll explain why we do it, why we indulge in this nasty habit, And then in the third segment, I will give you some reframes as a new way to look at decision-making. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Let's start off with a quote from James Clear. He is the author of that book, Atomic Habits. Loved that book. He is... uh, really brilliant author. And if you haven't checked it out, I do highly recommend it. It was one of my top reads last year. You only need to know the direction, he says, not the destination. Again, you only need to know the direction, not the destination. You don't have to have a detailed plan. You don't have to have the play-by-play. The direction is enough to make the right choice. Now, I love this quote because I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves in a situation to make the right choice. And we dream it up to be such a big decision with such a big impact. But in truth, it doesn't really have to be. Like the quote says, you only need to know the direction that you're heading. And then you can take one step at a time. And that's what will get you there. Now in business, we really lean into this principle of validation. It's a tool that we get to test an idea uh, with lean methodology where you create an MVP, a minimum viable product, to test things along the way. So instead of taking a year and a half to build out a piece of software and hope, cross your fingers that someone will want it and buy it when you have it all done, no way. That's the old school way of doing it. We don't operate like that anymore. Lean methodology tells us that you have this build, measure, learn loop for your products, and you take a concept and you put it into someone's hands as quickly as possible. You let the users be the one to tell you if you're on track or not. Now, there's a humility in this type of development. 
It is true, truly humility, but it pays off. Now, when it comes to making a decision, you may think that you are living on an island with your decision. It's just the two of you. It's you and the decision. But I'm here to tell you that you're not. Chances are that there are a cascade of people who are waiting on you to make that decision. They are waiting to move forward with what they are doing. It's contingent on you making a decision. And there is no greater frustration than being in a holding pattern because your boss is being a bottleneck and they just can't get off the fence and make a decision. The other impact here is that your team may start to lose confidence in you, in your ability as a leader. Because when you're indecisive or you're slow to make a decision, they start to question you. The truth is, deep down inside, we want to work for people that we really trust and that we admire and that we essentially, let's face it, want to become someday. We don't want to work for leaders that we don't aspire to who are wishy-washy and sitting on a fence all the time. That doesn't provide us with any inspiration or motivation, does it? So why is it that some leaders struggle so much to make decisions? Well, the first and the most common reason is actually something that's living at their personality level. Now, I've done personality profiles and 360s and quizzes and tests and assessments for more than 10 years. And I can tell you about all different types of people that struggle here. But there is one personality type that really struggles the most. And they tend to fall into analysis paralysis when it comes to decision making. And there's a couple different things at work here that kind of all mash up to cause this analysis paralysis. So I'm going to profile this type of leader for you so you can really understand them, so that you can pick them out of a crowd and know who it is at work that is mirroring this type of behavior. So first off, the thing to know about these types of leaders is that they love, 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 love data. They would swim in data all day if they could. The more data they could have, the better. They love slicing data. They love dicing data. They love looking at it from all different kinds of directions. Data, data, more data, better data. They rely on data and trust data more so than they would ever trust people or their instinct or their intuition or their spidey sense because data is right there in black and white. The data gives them comfort and understanding. However, taking time to analyze data and review data slows them down somewhat. And this is part of what prevents them from making a decision because they want to slice and dice that data just that one more way or run through the numbers one more time. So that's the first reason why they struggle to make a decision because they're so immersed and in love with their data. Okay, here's another reason that mashes up to make it difficult for them to make a decision. They hold, we all have values, right? But they, this type of personality holds a strong value of competence, right? They want to be seen as competent. They want others around them to be competent. And it's very, very important 
for other people to really, really see them as making the right decision because it would be devastating for them if they made a mistake. All right. They put so much pressure on themselves to make the right decision and make it right the first time. So these factors lead up to delayed decision making or analysis paralysis. And there's a few other factors here involved in their personality, but it all causes them to be stuck and have a hard time moving forward. So that's a lot of what is behind the analysis paralysis. It's not someone trying to make your life difficult. They're not trying to slow things down. They're just trying to be competent and do a good job and be thorough. Now, that's one certain type of, of profile or person who struggles with it. Another reason why we struggle to make decisions is that we are scared to make the wrong decision. We're scared to make a mistake. And this fear can be absolutely paralyzing for people. We're often attached to being right and we can't stand the thought of being wrong. And there's so many negative saboteurs messages here that pop up like, what will people think of me? People are going to laugh at me. And we catastrophize all the things that will happen if we make a mistake. And then another reason that adds to this whole difficulty in making decisions is that we're often operating in a vacuum. We're working by ourselves and we're not gathering input or data from others that might help us out to make that decision. Now, this stems from a common misconception that a lot of leaders have that just because they are in an elevated position, that they need to have all the answers and that they need to do all the work and all the decision making by themselves. They need to carry all that weight on their shoulders, right? But this is absolutely not true. No matter what your leadership level is, you shouldn't be responsible for making all the decisions and carry all the burden. Don't try to be a hero. Okay, so let's look at a few little reframes or different perspectives that might help you out to make quicker decisions. So first, you have to remember that most things come with an undo button. Not everything, sometimes it's a little messier to involve someone explaining, but for the most part, if you can do something, you can undo it if it needs to be undone. Now this will help us to de-risk when we're making a decision. Second, a perspective that I've always loved is as soon as you make a decision, it becomes the right one. Now, I know this is a little over the top. This is my Pollyanna positivity coming through, and it might not apply to every single situation in life, but don't get pedantic on me. This is not the time to be pedantic. This is the time to be positive and limitless. As soon as you make a decision, it becomes the right one. And there's something here with respect to how committed we are when we make a decision. We make the decision and then we get behind it and we ensure that it will work out because we're putting all of our attention, all of our forward momentum into proving it to be the right decision. Now, the danger of being stuck in analysis paralysis is so much more harmful because when you don't take action, there are so many other costs that are at play here. 
So a third perspective that you can use is that, hey, all leaders make mistakes. I repeat, all leaders make mistakes. It doesn't matter how experienced they are. doesn't matter how much data they love. doesn't matter how intelligent they are. All leaders are going to make mistakes. So the objective of leading isn't to be perfect. That's not what you signed on for. That's not in your job description. You do not have a line item that says must be perfect at all times in all situations. That's not the point. It's not that you are meant to have all the answers. The objective here is to gather as much data as you can, make an informed decision, involve all the right people, and if it doesn't end up working out or it ends up being the wrong decision or a mistake, then you quickly acknowledge it and you change course. As cliche as it sounds, it is true that we actually do learn more from our mistakes than we do from when things go perfectly. And remember, People aren't going to judge you for making a mistake, but they will be watching you closely to see how you handle the mistake after it's made. This is one of those character-defining moments that we have as leaders. People will be watching to see how quickly you step in and step up and own it. They want to see how resilient you are to change course and make things right. Those are the character-defining moments that we love about leaders. And I would go so far as to say that your team actually expects you to make mistakes because it gives them permission to take risks and make mistakes too. It gives them permission to be flawed and to be imperfect. And trust me, your team knows how to screw up and make mistakes. But do you know what they don't know how to do? They don't know often how to recover from a mistake with grace and dignity. I don't know about you, but I've seen so many examples over the years of how not to handle a mistake. Things like blaming others, going on a witch hunt to find out someone else who you can share the blame or responsibility with, throwing other people under the bus, covering things up to make it look like it wasn't your fault. These are all disappointing responses, and they are all actions that will not command respect. I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of this happen over the years, and there's nothing that strips people of respect when they engage in one of these toxic behaviors. But if you move fast to own something, to be resilient, to recalibrate quickly, that perhaps could be the greatest lesson that you teach others on your team about leadership. Now, the last piece of perspective that I want to share with you is intended and unintended impact. Now, this applies to decision-making and also to many other aspects of leadership. And it goes a little something like this. I know that your intended impact is to comb through all the data and make the absolute right decision, but... Your unintended impact is that you are losing respect of the team or other people on this project are being held back as a result of this. Basically, you are acknowledging that they have a good intention here by sifting through all this data, but there is an unintended impact, an unanticipated result of them taking so long to make a decision. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on 
the annoying habit of someone not making quick decisions, being stuck in analysis paralysis. So this is a great opportunity. Now that this topic is top of mind for you, I want you to check in. I want you to be honest, dig deep and be real. Do you ever struggle with this annoying habit? Do you suffer from analysis paralysis? This is a hard question to contemplate, and yet it's also a really important one. Now, I encourage you to check in not only with yourself, but with other people that you work with or who know you really well and dig deep and find yourself an honest answer. Ask them, do I ever struggle with analysis paralysis? Have you ever observed this behavior in me? Just like all other leadership line spots, we don't always see what we're doing. But wouldn't you rather know sooner so that you could work on it than find out later 20 years from now? So this is also a great opportunity to do a situational blueprint with your colleagues. And you could say, hey, if you ever witness me getting in to my head, getting stuck in analysis paralysis, struggling to make a decision, then I give you permission to call me out on this behavior. And the best way to do that is to, for example, be upfront and direct and poke fun and use a little humor and maybe joke around about the analysis paralysis mountain or um, black hole that I've been diving into lately. So find a way for them to bring that up to you and you will likely know the best way that someone can do this without you getting defensive. That's the key here. So help them out and really design how you want them to bring this up. And it's also something great that you can do in your relationship design if you haven't done this already. And this can be a two-way agreement that you make, right? If either of us witnesses the other person going into complete and total analysis paralysis, diving headfirst down that rabbit hole, we have full permission to name it, to bring it up, and find the best way to approach it. Remember, the best way to deal with these situations is in advance before you find yourself in the situation wondering how the heck to handle it, right? Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to wrap up here. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who really needs to hear it. This is truly one of the biggest complaints that I hear about leaders all the time is that they struggle from this analysis paralysis. So it's really important that we get some clarity around this and make this known. Share these tools, share this wisdom, because it seems to be a very pervasive problem, unfortunately. Thanks for tuning in today. I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday for another great episode. And remember that any fear, any resistance that you hold deep inside of you is simply just your greatness in disguise.